Well, normally this time of year, we'd be talking about, are we going to have a white Christmas? Sadly, because of what's happened in terms of weather over the past month, here in Whatcom and Skagit counties particularly, I think there are some bigger concerns about what weather could be ahead. I mean, I guess technically it's still fall, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, just a matter of days until it's officially winter, by the calendar at least, and certainly we feel outside that it has uh, been winter. We were warned on, and by the way, welcome back to the Farming Show. Here on KGMI News Talk 790, of course, weather and farming go hand in hand. Um, and about a week ago or so, I was following along at OVS.com, the Weather Cafe blog uh, that's been hosted for so many years by Rufus Lalone. I uh, was warning, hey, we could have some cold uh, weather coming, not necessarily the typical Northeaster stuff, but maybe... Uh, maybe we'll get some some of the white, as he likes to call it. And sure enough, we did last weekend and uh, into Monday morning. Rufus joins us on the program this morning. Rufus, your forecast has a bunch of detail in it of possibilities. And again, that's your specialty. What could be coming our way over the next, particularly the next couple of weeks or so. Um, could we be seeing more of the white? Which way is the cold weather going to go? Are we going to get a blizzard up here like we do under the Fraser Canyon? Or, you know, what's going to happen here? Talk about what you're seeing on the models. Good morning, Dylan. Good morning, all you folks up there. Um, what a month and a half you've had Man. coming off of that heat wave in the summer and then the the uh, atmospheric river flooding and then a little bit of snow. So right now the, the question is, for your area, when I do my weather forecast, I'm writing it broadly for Southern BC, Oregon, Washington, part of Northern California, yeah. and of course our friends over in Idaho where potatoes are grown. A lot of folks there read the forecast. The idea is to give you a trend of what's going on. And a couple of weeks ago, we started seeing the, some cold air starting to pull and setting up the possibility for, for low level um, surface snow, as we call it. You guys are in that area where it can be a little colder up there versus down in Portland where we just get rain, a miserable yeah. bone aching rain. So you did get a, a tease last week of the white, and right now this next storm coming in over this weekend, uh, you know, you guys will be in it um, during the day today, and then turn colder by Sunday. The rain will let up eventually, but there's a lot of rain associated with this system, but it's not necessarily an atmospheric river. It's a typical winter front coming in with mm. cold air behind it. The snow level will drop very rapidly on Saturday, uh, and that's why I think even up in your area, Sunday night and Monday, don't be surprised if you... Uh, snow down to 500 feet or so yeah. and going through next week you could have snow on the ground again like you had that taste um throughout the week next week on and off oh really so just kind of right on the edge of right on the edge not we like don't a have enough moisture to make it a deep uh, you know four or five six inches of snow and we don't have arctic cold air to the north blowing down the canyon um that's something we may want to talk about going towards christmas but mm. right now, the pattern is more of the coldest air is actually going to be off the coast and in, in behind these fronts coming in. So you get the showery weather, and your area will be cold enough to uh, to see that snow down pretty low. We just won't have a lot of moisture with it, and that's why we're not talking about a major snowstorm. Yeah. Well, in the, in the nearest term, I think the thing that freak us, freaks us out the most here in, in Whatcom and Skagit County, mostly for 
PTSD reasons, and I maybe sound say that sounding a little bit, you know, like I'm joking, but I know for some people it's probably actually a real PTSD thing through some of the awful, awful things that happened with that, you know, rain disaster that we essentially had. Uh, we see rain in the forecast, couple, three, two, three inches. It's like, oh boy, you know, what's going to happen? You know, maybe it's not six inches of rain, five, but, but as you pointed out, the big difference is the temperature and the temperature up high, the temperature aloft, if it's cold enough, that rain doesn't come rushing down the mountain like we saw for those, you know, back-to-back floods. It stays up there as snow, and that makes all the difference in the world for us, right? All the difference in the world. And even in late summer, early fall, the freezing level, especially north of you guys, right up there in Canada, and those mm-hmm. big, steep mountains, those cliffs are steep because they get a lot of precipitation. But uh, normally, you get a little bit at the very top as snow, and then maybe it'll transition down. During that big flood a few weeks ago, it, the freezing level was about above 9,000, 10,000 feet. They're metric up there, but the idea was everything falling. It always starts as snow. Precipitation always starts as snow. Mm. And then as it moves through the air, it either turns to rain or sleet or it freezes at the surface if the surface is frozen. But it, it didn't turn to, it turned to rain really high up. And it was heavy rain. Some areas in Canada in the, on the English system got over 15, 16 inches of rain in just uh, three or four days. And that's that's going right straight down those canyon walls. And those are steep mountains. I saw pictures of some of those roads, just not just the corner of the road being ripped up. The, the road's gone. And it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just stunning. Of course, you guys, I've worked up there for 38 years. And some of the rivers I know very well crossed and going back and forth for their raspberry season and harvest. And uh, it, it was just devastating to see what happened. A very unique pattern. Because the moisture was high level and it was warm. It wasn't really a pineapple express. It was kind of one of those, what they call a zonal flow, where the air north is cold, the air south is warm. And you guys right up there were right under that line. And it didn't move very far. The heavy rain was really focused, you know, Seattle north. Mm -hmm. But it was just focusing that strip for day after day after. It was stunning. I was telling folks down here, you know, it's been raining up there for three days already. Mm -hmm. uh, And you got four more to go. And just, you know, how do you forecast that? It's just... It was devastating. It was un- you know. un- unbelievable to watch and, you know, so much more unbelievable and painful and tragic for those who actually were impacted directly. The devastation uh, in Sumas and Everson, the houses that are still in the midst of being gutted. You know, part of that's part of the reason why I'm worried about, you know, what's coming. I, I don't know if many people have talked about that yet, but if we've got cold weather, and particularly if we, we get one of these nasty art, Arctic outbreaks, you know, northeaster kind of things that we're famous for right up here in the north, very northwest corner of the state. Uh, when that nozzle that is the Fraser Canyon points some wicked cold air at us, what could that do to all these homes that have insulation ripped out of them that they're still in the process of trying to dry out? Maybe uh, people aren't even living there right now. Could this, you know, could we have weather here that could add to the devastation you're saying at least in the near term for the next week or two you're you're not seeing super cold air headed our way no not bitterly cold like we have this is not um any way associated with the uh, an arctic ar- outbreak or okay. a modified arctic outbreak the air to the north and east of you will be cold like it's winter yeah but the real deep super cold air is not even really developed that much up north and it'll go into the central part of the united states 
where it'll be on the edge like we always are, but it, it just yeah. doesn't look that much. And then most of the moisture and the energy of these storms in the next 10, 15 days are going to go down towards California, excluding the one um, today and tomorrow on Sunday. So that after that, most of the precipitation will be south. And when it does arrive to from the west in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be coming against some colder air coming out of the Fraser Gap the Columbia River, but not the cold Arctic outbreaks we usually associate. That doesn't mean you won't get some snow, but the mm. amount of precipitation, a building in the mountainous snows, other than this weekend, will be nominal relative to what we see in the past. So if we get a warm Chinook wind, a Pineapple Express, uh, there's the snow is not going to be melting because there's not going to be a huge amount. The point is that it's, it's going to be winter-type weather, so it doesn't take 10 inches of snow to cause your car to slip off the road. It just takes a little bit. But the yeah. Arctic air, that cold Arctic air that really makes it bitter outside, I don't see that. But I do see a chance for it colder because of the stronger east winds out of the Fraser Gap mm -hmm. uh, closer to Christmas. Some of the models show that a 16 millibar difference between you know, that area of the mountains up there down towards Bellingham, that, that would put the winds uh, 50, 70 miles an hour out of the gap Oof. like you've seen before, but yeah. not necessarily bitterly cold. Um, but that's a ways off. Right now, we're just going through this weekend, and then we're going to – it'll yeah. be dry, relatively dry next week compared to what we talked about, these big storms. It'll be cold enough. If enough moisture comes in, you could see some snow showers, but the ground won't be frozen, so it may not last very long, kind of like last weekend. Well, he's coming up on, what is it? Let's see, 27 years of doing this, Rufus? Yeah, 27 years in November. It was 27 uh, years. And uh, we're doing this online. It's been uh, with OVS. It's been since 2005. Uh, it, the blog is called The Weather Cafe. The man behind it is with us right now, Rufus Lalone, uh, weather forecaster, entomologist. What else? I mean,. Um, excellent guitarist as well he's got lots of things on his his resume and we always check in with him when we have uh concerns about uh, weather around here and certainly we had that with all the water and now we're you know at least i'm concerned about well is it going to get cold and you know compound problems for people who are trying to rebuild what you're saying rufus is it could get chilly but not bitterly cold so at least that's somewhat good news um and and you say you're keeping an eye out towards Christ christmas is a ways out yet but yes, it is. you know you say not bitterly cold what, what do you really mean you know if, if we get uh air you know, or wind, I should say, moving, you know, 50 to 70 miles an hour. That's, you know, that's still a northeaster, but, but I guess it makes a difference if it's, you know, what, 35 degrees, 25 or 15. Yeah, we're not talking about the 10 to 18 degrees uh, temperatures with the strong wind, which okay. we've had a few times not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, we have. Um, we're talking strong winds, but temperatures in the upper 30s, low 40s, maybe around freezing, just below freezing. It, again, okay. it's not a bitterly cold outbreak. It, but it could be kind of windy. And um, when that happens, there's some moisture coming in from the west, southwest, which will be warmer range. It's not a snow event like this next week. If we had the pattern uh, next week, like I'm seeing around Christmas, you'd be getting probably five, six, seven inches of snow. But that doesn't be that doesn't appear to be the case at this time that far out for Christmas. But it, the chance of a white Christmas, it's a higher probability now than mm. it was um, last year. But at the same time, um, we're not worried about the out out Arctic outbreak. It's just not quite that cold up there in the Yukon um, like we've seen in the past. It doesn't mean it won't happen in January, February. Yeah, and, okay and that, that has been the trend, hasn't it, for the past yes, it has. several years where yep. it'll be late January, early February, where we get these Arctic outbreaks that, that just, you know, 
freeze us so badly right when we're ready to to get going on spring yep exactly it makes it tough for the for the ag people especially down here last year we had the ice storm down here devastating ice storm in in the salem area and even albany a little bit but salem north to portland is just you, you drive on the highway it looks like a hurricane had hit because the wow. trees are you know before the leaves came out they're just totally broken in pieces and a lot of firewood down here yeah, <laughs> yeah i i guess again we're talking with rufus alone here on the farming show on kgmi news talk 790 uh if the rain wasn't enough we're of course watching is it going to get cold now are we going to get some serious winter weather sounds like not too serious um, but certainly enough to maybe bundle up a little bit uh, and and maybe see a little bit of the white, as uh, you're fond of calling it there, at the Weather Cafe. By the way, at OVS.com if you folks want to check it out um, and uh, subscribe and follow that every week uh, at OVS.com. You just got to scroll down, and the link is a little bit lower on the page than it used to be on the homepage there, but you can still find it if you scroll down at the homepage at OVS.com. Rufus, what happened? happened with and you mentioned the term a little bit earlier atmospheric river what really happened with with what we saw that led to these back-to-back devastating floods that we had and, and what's with this term this atmospheric river term well it's a phrase that, um you know i've been doing forecasting in the northwest since the 1970s and it's a phrase that you hear more just this last year year and a half than before I'm not an official meteorologist that works for the uh, the National Meteorolog- uh, National Weather, but there's a term that is accepted now by you know, Portland Seattle office uh, talks about that term because it does mean it's kind of like a river in the atmosphere of a heavy amount of moisture, mid-level moisture, and it, if it flows in a certain pattern, as you guys have already experienced, uh, and we get these once in a while in Oregon, Washington, our, in fact, all of our big floods in the Northwest. 96 was a big flood. Uh, 1990 was a big flood. Those those are all basically atmospheric rivers. Pineapple Express has been used. But in this case, it wasn't totally coming from off of Hawaii. It was a little bit more zonal from the West Coast. But mm. it just means that in the atmosphere itself, the jet stream is moving very, very fast. So it means when it goes over the mountains, it squeezes the air and pushes that moisture out of the air onto mm. the ground. Well, in this case, it wasn't snow in the mountains. It was water yeah. all the way under the ground, right back to the ocean where it originally evaporated. Yeah, because so I've, I've heard that you term used even connected with our recent storms, Pineapple Express. Um, but I also hear atmospheric rivers. But back in the day, uh, I remember being, you know, around here in, in a big 1990 flood. Uh, and that was, well, it's a Pineapple Express. But you're saying, well, that's if it, you know, the moisture is originating from the, you know, the, the tropics and around Hawaii and whatnot, or if it's from a different direction. Is, is that really the only difference? Well, there's there was subtropical moisture. That's where you get all that moisture in that warm air at a higher elevation that was involved yeah. in that event we just had. But it it wasn't if you looked at the charts it wasn't really coming right off the coast of hawaii or just north of hawaii um, but there was some source of moisture kind of the subtropical um air mass bumping against what they call the middle latitude the lower polar air mass cold air bumping against warm air always causes that fight just like in politics politics yeah. the left and yeah. right of the aisle and that's where the storm and the weather always takes place in the atmosphere right down to the surface and it was trapped it was pinched like a pinching plate Right between um, Portland, north of Portland, Chehalis, mm-hmm. uh, even Seattle wasn't quite as wet as you guys were. Yeah. They were wet, though, yeah. but they didn't have the huge, steep mountains, but they still got a lot of rain in Seattle. There was 10 inches plus in a lot of places. The Olympic range got dumped on. 
but you guys were funneled because the Canadian mountains, the coastal mountains, they call them in Canada, yeah. that was just all water, heavily drenching rains for days. It, it really was unique. You don't expect to see that very often. Thank goodness. Well, and uh, it, it's just unfortunate for all of our friends and neighbors that had impact on their property and their lives. It's crazy here. You know, this year in, in 21, um, two historic weather events, as they say, um, between our heat dome in the summer and oh, now yeah. this, you know, severe flooding here in the the late fall, it's been one for the record books. I mean, it, what gives? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go on who's causing it, what's causing it. Yeah, no, it's no, for sure. Of, fortunately, we can see these events coming a little bit further ahead than we used to. I, I recall during that heat dome we had that I was warning folks that this could be a very potentially hot heat wave we've really rarely seen. And there was a few folks in some of the offices, I won't say where, that were just kind of poo-pooing that on Twitter. And then when it finally started coming around, even two days before, oh, it's impossible. The computers are seems to be 113 in Seattle. That's impossible. <laughs> and, and they're the scientists. I mean, I'm a scientist too, but they yeah. were, I don't know. It just, you can't throw that away if it shows up too often on the models because what if it happens? We had, yeah. we had hundreds of deaths in the Northwest from folks that were living by themselves at home and nobody knew to go just check next door and see how the guy's doing, or the gal's doing yeah. hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. So over 600 deaths in Canada, or I think it was over 200 in Oregon, 108 in Oregon. That's the part that it, was just there. People you know, knew enough. We that, knew enough in the science realm to tell people go next door, warn people next door, see if they're okay. And nobody really did anything. It was sad. That's an excellent point because the images from this flood have been dramatic, you know, houses, yes. people being rescued off of cars. Praise the Lord here locally, there was only one person that passed away. That in and of itself is such a tragedy. But we, you know, as we were talking about that heat dome as it approached, you know, I was calling it a heat storm. We need, you know, even though there's nothing yeah. visually dramatic about it other than heat waves off the pavement, you know, frying eggs on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's deadly it's that dangerous if, and that if a you know, hurricane yeah if a hurricane was going to cause 600 deaths or did cause 600 deaths somewhere in the united states that would have been news 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 and exactly. we had uh, the last count i heard was 660 or maybe 700 between southern bc washington oregon uh fatalities mm. just because of that heat wave that was just unbelievable event and a lot of those deaths those are truly preventable deaths you just bring them next door you take them somewhere yeah. But by the time anybody really woke up and, you know, I'm talking about officials that should help, they were waking people up a little bit, but yeah. we were already in it and um, people were trying to take care of themselves, let alone go next door. And it was just, it was really sad the way that happened. We have better ability to um, to alert, alert people and let them make their decisions. And that's what we do this for, the Weather Cafe, just to give people an opportunity. The models could be wrong, but what if they're right? You better be ready. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm going to keep watching, too. I mean, again, we've got a lot of houses up here in Wycombe County that are gutted, you know, exposed pipes that can freeze. You know, a lot of these things that if you had to deal with in the summertime, not such, well, I mean, still a big deal, but. You know, could weather compound things as people try to rebuild? This is why I'm keeping an extra close eye on, you know, what could be coming weeks ahead here as we head into wintertime, watching the, the Weather Cafe very closely. So I thank you, Rufus Lalone, with the Weather Cafe at OVS.com. Uh, for checking in with us this morning here on the Farming Show on KGMI. Thankfully, the word isn't uh, anything too scary yet, but but as you point out, and I'm saying here as well, I just got to keep an eye on it and, and be prepared 
because we are in that time of year that uh, can serve up some some chilly temperatures. And as you've been pointing out, all that that can take is a, a shift of a few hundred miles sometimes where a That's system all it moves. Takes. That's all it takes. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, stay safe, everybody.